This is Paul Brooker, and you're listening to the Film Focus podcast. Hello, well, unfortunately, it wasn't quite the result we'd hoped for at Barnsley on Saturday lunchtime, but the abysmal award of a penalty to Barnsley at the end of the first half had looked like we might come away completely empty-handed. So it's a relief when Harry Wilson bent in an equaliser with four minutes to go. He probably should have won it for the Whites a short while later too. All in all, though, we're a point closer towards promotion and we're going Stato are here with me to go back over the game and look ahead to Tuesday night's game at the Hawthorns. Unbelievable ref. My name is Matt Boisclair, and this is your Fulham Focus podcast. Fulham. Well, Stato, good to have you on, mate. Fresh from Sunday League football. How did Moncton FC do today? We are so fresh. I've still got my kit on. I'm still caked in mud from Sunday morning. So, you know, this is what everyone's here for, for Moncton, not for Fulham. <laughs> of course. The two, the two updates are that we have won the league. We're unbeaten in the league and we won the league, but we're currently in cup season at the moment. Um, where we're, it's, like, it's a bit like Champions League groups and whatnot, and it's not going too well. We lost 3-0 today. Ah, no way. Yeah. I... As I got lobbed from 40 yards from a free kick, there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no easy way to say it. it oh, bloody hell. It's your I fault then. I got absolutely David Rayard here, I did. and Nico Williams-esque. It was, it was. It was a, it was a great free kick and uh, to use a proper Sunday league, you know, analogy, they had the wind and, you know, the wind just took the ball over my head and... Yeah, we're, we're right. in a bit of a rut at the moment. It's, it's the case that we, we've won the league and... Yeah, we're not sure where to go from there, and kind of uh, our season's kind of petering out a bit. Mm, that's the problem if you get things sewn up too quickly. Maybe this is the problem when you get things sewn up too quickly, though, which is why Fulham have uh, have just you know had a draw yesterday. It's fine. We don't we don't yeah. want to we don't want it all to be over too quickly, do we? So but there are parallels to it, you know. Fulham are playing playing well, but you know we're both top of the league, and you know. On course, on course for promotion to the Premiership. We are, we are, we, we would keep up to the Premier League for the Sunday Football League. So, same yeah. thing, same thing. Champions same. League, Premier League, love it, love it. Um, Wigo, let's come to you then, mate. We had a, a lovely little day out in Yorkshire yesterday, didn't we? Long old day, very early start. Uh, it definitely wasn't our greatest performance of the season by any stretch of the imagination, was it? But busy end to the game, sort of share the points with the Tykes. Give me your uh, post-match thoughts for the second time, because I already had these yesterday, but tell the folks. Um, I'm relieved, I think, that uh, Harry Wilson managed to get the equaliser. I don't think we were very good. Um, I thought we were terrible, actually, really, for the most part. So many incomplete passes, kicking the ball away. Um, but, you know, we managed to get a point, And as you say, it's a point closer to promotion. Um, it would have been nice to capitalise on Huddersfield drawing. But, you know, we take the point. Barnsley don't look a bad side at all. They were still getting forward in the second half. They weren't fully sat back and just lumping it up and then just inviting us on again. They were carrying the ball forward. So I think you've got to give them credit as well. Um, and they did get a lucky call in the first half, which ultimately overall affected the result. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't think by any stretch of the imagination it was our finest performance at all. I, I felt there was a lot of we we lacked intensity intensity a lot of the game. Like we didn't make it hard for Barnsley. We were they were just happy just to kind of soak up the pressure. And even when we weren't one nil down, there was very little improvement I think and we did well to kind of score in the last minute and of course we should have won but yeah it was just one of those games where it just yeah it was it's not a write-off because we didn't lose but it just wasn't you know a fine performance from us wasn't but I, I watched the highlights again this morning and there were a couple of chances that we had that I'd forgotten about there's a a metro half chance Carvalho fired wide Bobby Reed I think had one cleared off the line as well and you know, it's, we, we did have chances, but just looking at the stats, we had a, only three on target, I think, only three shots on target, which by our standards isn't good enough. But we'll come on to that anyway. There was a change to the start in 11. I think Cabano had picked up an injury in training, so he was a surprise omission from the squad. So in came Bobby Reed, And we go, it wasn't Bobby Reed's best game for us, was it? No, he was terrible. Really, I'm not. I'm being generous. He was rubbish. You know, he just couldn't do anything right. He was unlucky in the first few minutes, but it, yeah, nothing was going right for him. And it was just one of those days you've just got to write it off. I mean, there were points where I was calling for Cavaliero to come off, uh, to come on, and that is when you know you're getting desperate for a winger. Um, and. I just felt like we were really missing Cabano yesterday. And Bobby Reid did himself no favours in trying to stake a claim for a regular first-team spot. Admittedly, he wasn't the only one. But if you're trying to get back into that squad regularly over Cabano, you want to take your opportunity. And unfortunately, he didn't do that yesterday. I think there's a clear pecking order when it comes to our attacking players, and that is Cabano, Carve and Wilson are the front three. And then if any of them are injured or suspended or need rested, it's Bobby that comes in. And for the most time, he always puts in a solid six out of ten performance. He always does well. But I've always thought whenever he plays out wide on that left position, he's not that effective. You have Cabano who has that flair. He, He takes on players, he goes forwards. Bobby's always a bit safe. And yesterday, it just wasn't his finest performance, and it, sh- it showed. And I know I'd echo Wigo's sentiments in that you probably should shouldn't mm. play on Tuesday. I'd rather see Cav come back in, or if Cabana's fit, get him straight back into the team. Must be quite hard for Bobby Reed being in and out of the team in a variety of different positions. In that, well, acro- across the front three and four, really. Um, but yeah, he, he didn't do himself too many favours yesterday. That being said, though. I thought Barnsley were, were all right. You know, they, they defended quite well. They they didn't give us that, that much space. Um, and they're fighting for their lives down there, aren't they? And they and they and that's a good result for them. They, you know, they'd have been looking at that. And I know Poyer Asbargi, the Barnsley manager, said after the game that uh, he was disappointed that they didn't win the game. Um, but for me, they didn't do enough to win the game, but they did enough to make it difficult. And they probably earned their point. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I think... It's less than they, they earned the point, but it's because we didn't really try hard enough. Um, they got the, you know, they got their goal, that lucky pen, and then you know, for the second half, it was basically attack versus defense. They did nothing with the ball, and I think that was expected with, with us being top of the league, them near the bottom, then one nil up. That was going to be the case, and they did contain us well. And you know, we got the goal, and I think on the face of it, a point was probably a fair result, but you know, it, it's it's 
it's not from them playing well, it's from us playing bad, I'd say. Mm. Well, Wigo, you said that, that we were rubbish, um, but I'm not sure we were rubbish. I think that's a little bit harsh. There were some good moves in the first half, particularly down the left-hand side involving Carvalho, Robinson, Bobby Reed. We did create a couple of half chances, but uh, and we looked like we were moving the ball around quite nicely. But there was just there was just something missing, wasn't there? Yeah, it. I mean, from my personal opinion, we weren't good enough. There was too much of giving the ball away. Certainly after the first few chances we created, um, but as you say, at the start some good chances. I know Robinson played a delightful pass through to Bobby Reed, you know, and he really split the defence open there, and that led to one of our chances. Um, so. There was the element of quality there, but it, in terms of the overall product, too, too many passes going astray, too many overhit passes, too many poor touches, you know, not enough urgency. That is certainly something I saw, especially after going 1-0 down. You're 1-0 down, you want to get the equaliser, at least look like you want to get forward. Too much cutting back, passing it backwards, passing it side to side to side not enough options being made in that sense. Yeah, it was rubbish because we've done it all season. So why are we not doing it yesterday? Where's the urgency to go on and win this game and to look like you want to try and at least get a point out of it? Because for some of it, it looked like we were just going to settle. It didn't look like we were going to score for ages. So, yeah, I I personally do think it's not good enough. I think as fans, we've developed really high standards this year and too right because we've got a really good squad. We should be demanding high standards. Too many, too many mistakes yesterday, and it nearly cost us, and we managed to get out of jail. Well, speaking of mistakes, right before half time, there was the moment that turned the game. Having barely got near the Fulham goal all game, Barnsley were awarded a penalty. Tosin gave the ball away, and I didn't realise until I saw it again this morning, but he was fouled. So that should have been a free kick to Fulham in the middle of the pitch. Um, but then he was a judge to have committed a foul himself in the area when. He didn't even touch the player. Um, and I think they said on Quest this morning as well that actually Tosin was doing everything he, you know, possible to, to not foul the player. But somehow he's thrown himself backwards and ended up on his arse. Um, and the referee's given a penalty. It, there's no way the referee could have been sure about that because it just wasn't a foul. So um, what did you make of it, lads? I think I can categorically say that is one of the worst decisions I have ever seen. It I'll I, I watch you back now and it just makes me angry. And this is a Fulham podcast, so you know, it's all Fulham fans, we're Fulham fans. So whilst I was watching that game, I had a WhatsApp chat with non-Fulham people and these are some of the comments about that refereeing decision. Just, to, just so we can give this unbiased opinion on how bad of a decision it was. Mm. That's one of the worst I've ever seen. Ha, ha, ha. How can you get that? Awful. He's guessed at that. No way you can see he's tripped him. Mental. Had time to think about it. It clearly wasn't a pen. And he gave it just abysmal. So, you know, that that's the level that shows that it just wasn't a pen. And oh my God, it it was awful. I know people go on about how in the Premier League VAR is ruining the game, but at least if we had VAR, that wouldn't have been given. That would have been overturned. And I'd like to think that the standard in the Premier League of refereeing is better than that, because it was just it was so bad. It was so, so bad. And it it it, it shaped the game. Big decision like that, it shaped the game and yeah, it's yeah, it just wasn't good enough on the ref. Yeah, I think it was a disgrace. And I think we are seeing this too much in the championship. Nine times out of ten, the referee has a terrible performance. And how on earth 
he gave that yesterday and not even that. He took a few seconds to give it as well. So he's obviously thought about it. Okay, Tosin shouldn't get in a position to give the ball away. But as you say, he was fouled. His shirt was nearly pulled off him. And then if Tosin's tripped him, when you're tripped up, you fall forwards. How do you fall backwards? He should be retrospectively punished, Carlton Morris, because it's cheating, for one. It's a dive. And the referee, I mean, he needs his for another job. That is a joke. And I'm always ranting about linesmen as well. If the linesman's seen that, he's through on goal. So there's nothing blocking the linesman's view. So what has the linesman seen? He must be in communication with the referee. So either the linesman's bottled it. I mean, unbelievable. He needs to do some training or something. Or I think he's beyond that point, Tim Robinson. He might as well just give up. Absolute joke. Honestly, I'm furious. Unbelievable, ref. And then the resulting penalty was buried by Carlton Morris. I can't ever remember Marek Rodak saving a penalty for us in a regular game, has he, Stato? And also, it was a crap penalty as well. If Rodak picks the right side, then it's a simple save, isn't it? Annoying that he died the wrong bloody way again. Yeah, I don't know what his penalty record is. It doesn't seem great, though. He always, you know, he always seems to concede. But, you know, as a goalkeeper, you're not really expected to save a penalty. The odds are kind of against you. But yeah, had he did dive the right way, it would have been an easy pen. It was just a case of Morris just smashed it down the middle, more or less, with slightly to the right. Um, it's unfortunate, but it, it, you know, remember we went one nil down, and it was how we could recover from that afterwards. And like we said, we hadn't, we didn't really do much, and that that was a bit of a concern for me. Well, I expected us to come out all guns are blazing in the second half. And like you said, it didn't really happen, did it? We ended up having 16 shots on goal, just the three on target. Marco replaced Jean-Michel Serri with Kearney at halftime to try and offer a more potent attacking threat, then brought on Caviero for Harrison Reed, and then later on brought on Mooney's for Bobby Reed. But no matter what he tried, good chances were few and far between, weren't they? Too much of giving the ball away. As I've said earlier in the podcast, the final product just wasn't there. We couldn't find Mitrovic at all to save our lives. He was really well marked. You've got to give credit to Barnsley for that. For most, for the most part, they marked him out of the game. Um, but too much pratting about on the wings. I mean, why too many stepovers? I said it with Cavaliero. He's break dancing on the wing. You've got your thirty-five goal striker in the box. Put it in there. He's doing stepovers when he's got time, and then all of a sudden he's being shut down by two players. He will then probably pass it back to Reem, we pass it back to Toten, and we're starting again. You know, get the ball in the box. You're 1-0 down. Really frustrates me how long it takes us to get the ball in. Stop with the fancy stepovers. This is always the problem with Caballero's being on the wing in the Scott Parker season, wasn't it? It's all about him and Knockart trying to trying to showboat and not enough getting the ball into the right right spaces, which is, you know, Mitrovic still managed to score 26 goals that season, but we always said it was kind of in spite of the tactics, wasn't it? And when you've got people like that who are quite greedy on it and not as direct as the likes of Wilson and Cabano, then that's what's going to happen. And that's that's unfortunately what we've got in our squad. I'm not saying Caviero is a bad player, but but yeah, he is a, a more more of a fancy Dan than, than Wilson and Cabano, isn't he? How many times have we stood there yesterday and I'm shouting, pass, pass it. Pass it, like, you know, that's all you've got. Just look up. Stop with your head down. You've got players in a better position than you. It's a team game. It's not about being greedy. 
You know, no, it, it, as a fan, listen, it's really... If only they'd listen to you, mate, eh? If yeah. only they'd listen to you, we might have got <laughs> well, three points. Well, if Mark, Mark I know, can have my phone number if he wants me in the dugout for the next game. Um, <laughs> but it's just... Yeah, but it, it is frustrating, isn't it, as a fan? You know, you, you want your team to get the goal and all this, you know, muck, mucking about is just... does my head. I think what was also important that yes, what yesterday also did show is how important Mitrovic is to, to our team and how we play. Like obviously he's got his thirty-five goals, but off the ball and the build-up to other goals, he is so important. And yesterday he had, he had an off day. Yesterday he didn't have a great game, and you know we can dig out Cavallaro of having a poor game, but you know equally we need to criticise Mitrovic when he has a bad game as well. Um, and you know that's expected. You know you can't be really really good every single game of the season. Everyone has an off day, and, and Mitro had one. And because of that, it did show because nothing was going our way. We couldn't create the chances. You know, any any little flick and pass that he did just wasn't coming off and he didn't get the chances himself. And, you know, I don't want to say that we're a one-man team because of him, but, you know, if he's not playing well, then, you know, we're already up against it. And, you know, it already makes it, makes it that much harder for us to score. Could you make the argument, though, that when the rest of the team aren't playing so well, Mitrovic does tend to drop a little bit deeper to try and get more involved to to become creator? And I think that was that was what I saw him doing a little bit yesterday. And then, of course, he's not in the right place. Yeah, definitely. I think so. He he was very deep at times. And you know, there's some moments when there was a ball that should be going into the box, but he wasn't there in the box to receive it. So, you know, what what could we do there? And I, I, I wonder if that's a, if that's a tactical thing from Silver to, to you know get him to play a bit deeper to get hold of the ball a bit more to be that playmaker or whether he does that on his own judgment. You can see that we're not playing well and he just wants to get involved. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm not sure and you know he he hasn't been great for these past couple of weeks now, Mitro. It has to be said. Um, I'm hoping he can get back on track on Tuesday with a goal, but mm. we you know when he plays well, we we play well and. At the moment, that's just not happening, I don't think. Yeah, completely agree with you. Well, the equaliser did finally come from Harry Wilson with just four minutes to go as well. There was no clock in the uh, in the stadium, was there? So I didn't really have any concept of how many minutes had gone. Um, but when you aren't creating clear chances, sometimes the only answer is to score an absolute worldie, isn't it? Talk me through it, lads. What a goal. What a great goal. And I think I said to you, I thought it was either going into the bar going over the bar, rather, or into Brad Collins' hands. So to see it drop in the net was, uh, was a shock more than anything. Um, but a, a brilliant goal and a big moment for a big player. And Harry Wilson's done that so much this year. And um, he's now on his double-double, ten, over 10 goals and 10 assists. Um, only him and John Swift in the whole of the championship to do it. Fantastic. Uh, a really good goal and you know it somehow the urgency picked up after that goal with only four minutes left plus added time something immediately switched in the team and we looked like we were ready to go and push on for a winner and unfortunately it didn't come but a fantastic goal and uh you know credit to Wilson for a great finish one other thing I loved about that goal was Marco Silva rushing the players to start, start the game again in search of a winner Stop celebrating, get back, and let's go and win this bloody game now. Draw wasn't enough for the boss, and I love that mentality about him, Stasso. 
Yeah, definitely. What, what, you know, we, we've been a bit negative on the pod today because it wasn't a great performance, but the giant positive out of all this is that, yeah, we didn't play well, we didn't do anything, but we still managed to get a point. We still managed to get that goal. And like you said, after that goal, we were, we were pushing, we were trying to get that winner. There's only five minutes left, but we didn't care. We knew that we could try and get that winner. And after that goal, for that little five-minute spell, that's when we looked like our normal selves. That's when we looked great and we looked like we were scoring. And if there was more of that throughout the game, that would have been a comfortable win. But, I, you know, it's really good to see that Silva just does keep pushing us and we do keep going right to the last minute. And that'd be really important next year in the Prem as well, when there'll be games like that, where we will need to get a last minute go and we will, our backs will be up against it. So it's a good, it's a good mentality to have. Yeah, and then we should have gone on to win the game, shouldn't we? Firstly, Rodrigo Muniz was bundled over in the penalty area. Was it a penalty for you guys? For me, if that first one's a penalty, then that one's more of a penalty, surely. Yes, I'd say it was a penalty. Uh, but because of what happened, you could technically say advantage was played. But mm. at the same time, at no point did the referee like he had his whistle to his lips to blow for a penalty in the first place. So if if we hadn't got that chance that came straight after it, there would have been uproar. There would have been up. There would have been like yeah, there would have been just a massive uproar. Of why isn't that not a penalty? Because it was a clear, clear, clear pen. But then something worse happened after that. <laughs> Yeah, in the same incident, we go. Harry Wilson was still at the back stick. The ball was crossed into him. He had an open goal. The keeper was scrambling across, and somehow he's headed it wide. How? I can't believe it. He just had to get it on target, and it was in. And, you know, it looks bad enough in person, but then when I got home last night, I watched the highlights, and it, it makes me feel sick. You know, he scores a goal like he did, an amazing goal. And then he misses that. Even I mean, he didn't even have to head it. He could have used his foot, anything. It's just got to go in. And it's just... Um, oh, yeah. Those things do happen, you know. I suppose we got a point. You know, we didn't lose a game. But, yeah, we, sh- we should have come away with all three points. Perhaps undeserved. You know, I think a draw was probably a fair result overall. But um, he should have won the game. And I think Wilson will know that he should have scored that. Um, and it is what it is for the next one. Just got to try and forget about it and go again. Yeah, I mean, the, my takeaway from that is the fact that you've watched the highlights when you got in last night because I got in and fell asleep on the sofa immediately. <laughs> but then I am I am old now, aren't I? And, and <laughs> I tell this story as well from what happened on the train on the way back yesterday. Um, never have I felt older in my life. Um, these two girls got on the train, didn't they? I, I don't know whether it was on the way back from Barnsley to Sheffield, I think, or something, and um, just sat there vaping away um, and then had their music on, on a packed train, just had their music on on their phone. So I said, you got any Oasis? And she just pulled out this bottle of summer fruits from her bag. I went, no, but I've got this. And I went, no, I meant the band, not the drink. And she went, oh, yeah, my dad likes them. I'm like, yeah, now, I feel well old. <laughs> Bloody hell. Anyway, back to the game, though. So, Tim Ream's head clash way into injury time looked like a a nasty one, didn't it? And with us having already made all of our substitutions, he ended the game with a bandage on his head. And the pictures he posted on Instagram after the game showed a pretty deep gash above his eye as well. You imagine he might miss the West Brom game now on Tuesday, mightn't he? Yeah, I think... In hindsight, he probably should have come back on the pitch for that. But because they were, we were in the, like, the 96th minute and we had used up our subs mm. and there was 30 seconds left, they just wanted to get him back on. But after seeing that picture on Instagram, 
Jesus, that is that is that is a deep gash. Um, mm. <laughs> like, wow. And I, I I wonder because it's not a concussion injury, so his head's okay. It's just it's an open wound. I don't know what or how he could play on Tuesday. Whether they stitch it up and he wears a helmet or something, or he has a headband on all game. I'm I'm, I'm not sure. It'd be a big loss, to be honest, because he's, he had a really good game on um, yes, uh, yesterday, and he's been here. He's been in the starting eleven all season for us. He's been consistent, so I'd rather him if he can. If he can play, let him play. Mm. Understandably, if he can't, then yeah, he'll have to miss a game. But yeah, that's it's a deep it's a deep wound, isn't it? Just isn't it? Just might have, might see Michael Hector in the team on uh, on Tuesday instead. But yes, uh, he, he had a good game other than that, Tim Ream, I thought. Very good. Um, he's just super consistent again at this level, isn't he? Uh, let's come on to man of the match. Wigo, who would you give it to? I know you've been very critical of the of the entire team so far, so it might be a difficult question for you to answer, but give it a go. Uh, yeah, I've only critical because of the high standards, but I'm going to go with Tom Kearney. Mm, yeah, it's a tricky one. I thought he played some good passes. One of the three balls to Harry Wilson was exceptional. Uh, one of the passes to Dawson was an or Robinson was an absolute hospital pass. But other than that, I did sense that he kind of changed the game when he came on, and we needed we needed something fresh. And some of the passing was exceptional. So I'll give it to Tom Kearney. Fair enough. And I didn't think Seri was having a particularly bad game anyway. But you know, it's just that it was a tactical decision, wasn't it, to try and just get us forward a bit more. How about for you, Stato? I think, you know, after what we just mentioned about Reem, I think he was excellent yesterday. His goal line clearance at the end of the first yeah. half saved us from going 2-0 down. He was consistent. He Any little threats that Barnsley had, he did take care of it quite well. And I think, you know, he was quite deserving of getting out of the match. And if we do miss him Tuesday, it will be a big miss. But like you said, we have Michael Hector coming in who is a more than adequate replacement, but I'd rather Reem be there if possible. We do also have a long gap until the next game after Tuesday as well. We've got two weekends without a game, so good opportunity to to get everybody well-rested and fit again after that. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. All right, well, let's come on to that West Brom game then. Uh, it's astonishing how they were competing for automatic promotion at one point earlier in the season, West Brom, wasn't it? But, but a drop in form saw Steve Bruce replace Valerian Ishmael last month. They sit 14th in the league, 15 points off automatic promotion. It's just been a terrible season by their standards, hasn't it? Yeah, I think all the bad kind of financial decisions they've made over the past few years are coming back to bite them. At first, appointing Ismail seemed like a good job. You know, he had got Barnsley to the playoffs. He plays quite a high direct style of football, which kind of suited them. But And, you know, they carried that momentum at the start of the season, but it tailed off dramatically. He got the sack and they went for the rather uninspiring choice of Steve Bruce um, and it just hasn't got much better. They've won twice all since the, since the turn of the calendar year. They've won twice and yeah, they're, they're in dreadful form. And, you know, a few weeks ago or even a, well, yeah, a few weeks ago, it'd be like, oh, this would be a, a tough game against playoff contenders. But now they're just a mid-table team. But they do still have some good players in that team that we do need to be a bit you know, cautious of, I think. And, you know, it won't be an easy game. It's a trip to the Hawthorns and, you know, they'll be looking to try and get some consistency together now. They they drew the last game, the one before, so technically they are two games unbeaten now. They're going to want to try and continue that and, you know, it, it won't be an easy game. 
it's always a tough game against West Brom. It, as you say, they've got quality throughout their squad. And I know the last time we played Andy Carroll on a Tuesday night, he scored two worldies, albeit they were offside, but uh, still two of the best goals I've ever seen in person. Um, so you know, we know what he can produce. But it, it, I, I'm, I haven't looked at the table. You know, I don't have to scroll that far down. Um, <laughs> but I didn't realise they were... I didn't realise they were 14th in the league. That that's un, that's just unbelievable, and they really don't look like contenders anymore. Um, so it's about trying to finish as strong as possible, and you never know; they might sneak in there. But it's uh, it's a tough ask now, I think. This is my concern about Andy Carroll. Actually, the fact that he did have that bad luck against us whilst playing for Reading back in January. And now he's playing against us again for West Brom. He was on the bench the other night, though, wasn't he? And he came off and, and scored against Huddersfield. But do you, do you think we've got something to worry about with Andy Carroll? I, th- I think he's one of the better strikers in the league, isn't he? Yeah. It's, what do we need to worry about Andy Carroll is a sentence I thought... Oh, it's a question I thought I'd never get asked in 2022, but here we are. <laughs> but to his credit, at the Championship... He, it, this is his level. He's, it's what he's good at. He's, you know, he's a big, experienced striker. He likes the big physical battles. So in the championship, he is a concern. And against Reading, he obviously scored those disallowed wonder goals. And on his day, he's a good player. And, and this is why I'd like to have Ream back, to be honest, to have that experience to be able to deal yeah. with him. Um, you know, they've got other. There's other players as well that are more of a concern of than Andy Carroll in that West Brom team. Carlin Grant, who's their top scorer on 13 goals at the moment. Um, Callum Robinson as well, I think scored against us in the Premier. I might be wrong there, um, but you know he's get he's got five goals, eight assists. They've still got a lot of players who were in the Prem last year when we were there, who you know for whatever reason they're not playing as well. But you know they are they were in the Prem last year. They did get West Brom promoted the season before, so you know they are a threat, and you know they are a team that we do need to keep an eye on. Yeah, their last home win was almost two months ago on the 22nd of January too. And that was when they beat Peterborough 3-0. And I think that was quite late as well, those three goals. They were two goals behind against Huddersfield on Friday night and scored two late goals, one of which was scored by Andy Carroll, as we just said, to um, West Brom a point. How do you guys see this one going? We'll need to be better than we were against Barnsley if we're going to get the points against them, that's for sure, won't we? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, we've got to turn up to this game. It's... Still a big game, and as we've said, West Brom have still got quality players. Um, we need to put ourselves, we need to keep ourselves out of sight. This is the thing, we need to just keep the same amount of points ahead of Bournemouth, um, and just get it get it done as soon as we can. Let's let's get promotion sealed. We're good enough, and hopefully, uh, yesterday's result will be a bit of a kick up the arse for the players, really. I know they weren't good enough, so you know, hopefully, they'll be able to um, change things around going into Tuesday. It's, it's a massive game and um, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it should be a good evening. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, I think so. I think what we've seen with, you know, Marco Silva's Fulham teams are that when we put in a poor performance, you know, the Coventry loss, the Blackpool loss, the next game, we do kind of get a reaction from that. We do bounce back. And although we didn't lose against Barnsley, it was still a poor performance and a type of, you know, it was the type of performance where a reaction will be needed, and I'd like to think we're going to come out all guns firing against you know this West Brom team on Tuesday. Let's hope so, mate. Let's hope so. Any lineup changes for you boys? I mean, we need to put 
Tim Ream to the side because we don't know whether or not he's going to be fit and we probably don't know whether or not Niskan Skabano will be available either. So let's forget those two. But any any tactical changes that you think the gaffer's going to make? So I think uh, we've we said Cabano might be out. So and if he is out, I don't want Bobby Reed playing. We want Kevin. Obviously, we covered Hector. Maybe you know it would be good to see Tese come back into the team. Not that Neko's played bad, but you know just a bit of nice game rotation since his injury. He hasn't actually started a game, I don't think, and he's just you know made a few sub appearances. It could see it'd be good to see him come back into the team. I think the main tactical concern is who do we play in midfield so you know for the last couple of weeks we've been playing Seri and Reed, and that's played well against Barnsley it didn't quite work so do we stick with that or do we bring back in Kearney who clearly made a difference when he came on in the second half personally I'd give Kearney a start and I'd probably go for Kearney and Reed. but you know who knows we have, we have four good midfield options and any of those two could start yeah I think Bobby Reed will be sweating about his place. Um, obviously, I've not been uh, overly complimentary about him and his performance yesterday. Um, you know, is it time to give Cavalier a start? Potentially, see how he plays and then maybe use Bobby as an impact sub. He came on on uh, Tuesday and scored a goal and he looked really good when he came on against Swansea. So uh, it might be worth rotating that. Yeah, centre midfield's a tricky one because Seri and Reed. It didn't work, but as you said earlier, Matt, Frenchie, uh, <laughs> Seri didn't necessarily have a bad game yesterday. And, you know, it was a tactical change. I'd feel sorry for him if he did get dropped. Um, but I don't see Harrison Reed as effective as a forward player. Um, you know, when when it's him and Kearney, he does sit a bit deeper and Kearney is given a licence to sort of push forward a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, and obviously we've said about Ream, we're not sure. So it'd be good to see Michael Hector get the chance because um, we know how good he can be. So if he is brought into the team, I have the utmost confidence it'll do a good job and put in a good performance. All right, mate. Good stuff. All right, well, let's come on to a score prediction then. Stato, what do you think is going to happen? I think this will be the perfect game for us to get that reaction and get a win. I think we'll concede, though, because well, clean sheets haven't been something we're consistent with so far this season. So I, I see us getting a 3-1 win, I think. It won't be a tight 2-1. I think, you know, we'll we'll get that little two-go cushion and I think it's a 3-1 win. Beautiful. Yeah, I will. I think we'll concede as well. I'm going to go with 2-1. I think it'll be sort of a, um, you know, got to grind it out a bit. So, you know, it's going to be a tough game, but I have the utmost faith that we can bounce back with three points on Tuesday night. Magnificent. All right, that will do for this time. I think we'll go. Stato, thanks for joining me, boys. Thank you to you for listening at home. We'll be back on Thursday this week with all the fallout from that West Brom game. Safe travels and see you at the Hawthorns. Cheers. Fulham.